When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello and welcome to another episode of For Fans Of, a recommendation podcast from Fansided Entertainment. I am your host, Shay Corgan, and today I'm joined by both co-hosts of the Take the Black podcast, Dan Selke and Mia Johnson, to talk about our viewing recommendations. But first, as always, here's what's premiered this week. Season four of Netflix, The Crown, dropped on Sunday and fans eagerly dove into the prestige soap's take on Princess Diana's story. Bob's Burgers aired its 200th episode, while Last Week Tonight with John Oliver closed season seven with one more skewering of Trump and a FaceTime from Adam Driver. Monday was the HBO premiere of the second season of His Dark Materials, and on Tuesday, Disney released a Lego Star Wars holiday special, while ABC attempted to bribe Bachelorette fans into watching the Big Sky premiere with a tease of Matt James' Bachelor season. Thursday offers a true variety of viewing options. HBO is releasing the much-anticipated Fresh Pins of Bel Air reunion special, while Netflix is dropping the Princess Switch 2, Switched Again, for all of those people already all in on Christmas movies while we are still in November. And tonight, The CW will air Supernatural's series finale, wrapping up 20 years on the air. On Friday, again, offering two very different viewing experiences here, Amazon has Steve McQueen's limited series, Small Axe, an anthology series of vignettes about 1960s London, headlined by John Boyega and Letitia Wright. And Hulu has the rebooted Animaniacs series, both in their own ways, essential 2020 viewing. And now our resident expert on fantasy and sci-fi, Dan Selke, is going to tell us why we should be watching his dark materials. I would love to, although I will say, I'm pretty sure it's 15 years of Supernatural. I'm almost, I'm positive it is. 20 right. years. Let's not I, give it too much credit. I, I, I looked, I pulled that up before this and I was like, 2005, and then my head was like, 20 years. Like, That's not how that works. <laughs> it's 2025. It's so much better here. Oh, I wish. <laughs> right. uh, anyways, his dark materials. <laughs> okay, his dark materials. Let's go. His dark materials is a show based on uh, Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy, which is a very sort of relaxed Lord of the Rings, but more chill um, fantasy show. It's epic, it's big, it's got that HBO production value that you know and love. Um, I like the books a lot. I think the show has had a little bit of trouble kind of translating the heady, sort of um, almost intellectual themes of the books into like a really pulse-pounding narrative. Like it has a lot to do with like kind of God and growing up and religion and maturity. Like it has some of this heavy stuff to it, but it's beautifully made. It's pretty well acted. Um, very lavish sets, costumes, et cetera, and so forth. And it gets better as it goes along. So if you're looking for a fantasy show to kind of sink into that immerses you and takes you into like another, you know, another world, another fantasy world, 
this is a good one to kind of get into. And it's a bit of an investment because it, I think it does get better as it goes along. The acting's gotten better. The plots kind of come together where at first it was a little bit shaky. And the second season is off to a good start. Um, so I have only reason to believe that it will only improve from here. Historic Materials, Mondays on HBO. <laughs> So my first question is like the go-to question anytime there's a anytime there's a book adaptation, but especially when it's a fantasy book adaptation and there's a whole world there. Do I need to have read the books? No, um, I think if you do, like they haven't done their job right, right? Like if there's an adaptation, you need to have read the books. They done something wrong. The point of an adaptation, a movie, <laughs> or a show, or whatever, is to sell you on that. Like who wants to read? That's boring. That's stupid. It's nerdy. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, you, all, we're all writers you, here, but <laughs> exactly. Um, but we're modern writers. We don't read just right. You do not have to read the books. No. Um, I, and honestly, I, I think reading the books might even maybe hurt you. Cause I read the books and I was like, I was watching the first season and parts of me were like, this is crap. Like, as they, in the first season, especially they kept on like giving them extra stuff to do. Cause they're not like long books. They're like pretty short, but they're trying to like Game of Thronesify them, you know. It's like it, it came out pretty after that. It's trying to make it like more epic and just more. But it, 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 it a lot of it read as filler in the first season, I thought. But now that they're um, getting to kind of the meat of the story, and there's more for people to do, it, it's working better. I'm liking the second season more. Are we on like a one season one book? You mentioned it was a trilogy. Do you think is that yeah. kind of the pace we're keeping here? It is, yeah. I mean, that's almost certainly what they'll do. They haven't announced the third season for the third and final book yet, but um, that's what I would imagine. And yeah. they get bigger and better as they go, like the <laughs> books do, and so far the show is too. It's a well, that's very promising to hear. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask as well about the cast because it's it's if I correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like a mostly like a YA children's series. So like the protagonist oh. is a young girl. Young girl. Um, but the Lyra adult cast are like pretty stacked, right? Yeah, I mean, even the younger cast are pretty good. Like Daphne Keene, who plays Lyra, was um, the girl in Logan, um, you know, uh, Wolverine's little girl helper, who, who was very, very good in that. The adult cast is good. It's James McAvoy is Lord Asriel, her uncle, Ruth Wilson, who is the highlight of the show, by the way, as Mrs. Coulter is kind of the villain. Um, the acting is... Ha, has has highs and lows. Um, Ruth Wilson is great as the villain. She, to me, is, is the best part of the show, probably. It kind of goes to that bloat thing I was talking about before. They, like, gave the adults a little more to do in the first season, and I'm not sure they should have. Like, it, <laughs> it, it is supposed to be sort of on a track with, 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 the, with the younger characters. Yeah. And when they focus on that, it tends to be better. Although the girl who plays Lyra, Daphne Keene, is, like, is like 70% there it's not quite all the time the guy who plays Will the other young lead and Mary Wilson is, is a lot better I think and, and now that they're together finally um yeah. their their chemistry is off the hook is much better well, it's not off the hook it's good it's solid it's improving ah. like like everything with the show I don't want to step off the hook what is it 93 um <laughs> just back and forth is good the weirdest choice is Lin-Manuel Miranda as Texan aeronaut Lee Scoresby which is like, he's supposed to be like a Texan complete with kind of like aw oh. shucks demeanor and like duster jacket. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't buy it. I, I didn't buy it when he came on and I still don't really buy it. He's trying his hardest, but 
There's like few people more New York than Lynn Miranda, and it's just yeah. a stretch. I feel like I want to appreciate them sort of going against type or like giving, like letting him be a Texan. But I would have liked that if it worked. Right. And it sounds like it's just not gelling. But also, it sounds like this is perhaps a show that we're not really here for the acting performances, anyways. It's more about the spectacle and the fantasy world. It is. I mean, the fantasy world is pretty unique. And like I said, like the books and the show are a bit more kind of um, mannered, chill version of a fantasy epic. Um, and again, like quite heady, like that, that he has a lot of ideas he wants to interrogate about in particular religion and growing up, which is a pretty common YA theme. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's delivered a little more relaxedly than other, like a Lord of the Rings or a Game of Thrones thing, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it is a nice change of pace and it is very imaginative and they are getting to like the good weirder parts of the story now. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess we don't see it for the, for the acting, but the acting still should be better than it is, I think. Sure. Or at least more <laughs> consistent because some of them are great. And then some of them are like, why is the man in Miranda? Like, like his, his Southern accent, like really it comes and goes as it pleases. It's not great. Yeah, that is, it's tough. I think too, when the show is like hit or miss like that, or like it has on and off episodes yeah. and it's also kind of slow to get going. And it's like, all right, the people that are watching and enjoying it are like, you just gotta, you just gotta give it a chance. You just gotta give it mm-hmm. time. But the people that aren't there yet are like, all right, I'm sitting through however many episodes of Lin-Manuel's Texan accent and I need something else. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like, unfortunately I do think the show is good. I know I'm talking down on it, but it, it is true that I, I bet it didn't get a lot of viewers at the start because it, it was slow to start. And even if it improves, I'm not sure there are a lot, it, it, it's not going to get Game of Thrones levels phenomenon status. Yeah. I'm not sure you really can come back from that at this point. Although, you know, three seasons, that would be a fine, um, let's do the third seasons, complete the story and end it. Right, just for completionist sake. Um, and th- aren't there animals involved somehow? Can you explain the yeah, giant polar bear I keep seeing? Yes. Okay, the animals are pretty good. Um, the giant, There's a giant talking polar bear. That's nice. You know, fancy world. Um, they, they meet them to the end of the first season. I thought they did a really good job with that. He's pretty important in the books. There's a whole Kano talking polar bears. There's a fight to the death. It's pretty good. It's actually, that stuff was, was, was solid when they did the special effects stuff and just giant polar bears. Also, everyone has an animal familiar in this world. They call it a demon. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, what's your Patronus from Harry Potter, but like, what's your demon? Like, everyone's a different one. And those are pretty good too. And they're better in the second season as well. Like that, that's the kind of thing where um, it's expensive to produce. Yeah. And I always think about like when they're supposed to have big scenes, but they clearly don't have the money to like have an animated lemur or whatever, like talking on the screen. Yeah. So they have to like do it off screen or just like they give the Damon's lines to the people, but it, it looked like they must've upped the budget or something. Cause the second season premiere had a lot more of that. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's funny to think that they're like, all right, we need to increase the animated animal budget, but um, always glad. Do they, do they talk the animals or? Oh yeah, like- they, 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 they fully talk. And if you're young, I mean, the, the mythology, I won't explain a lot of it here because I, you know, I know we're on a time thing, but it is interesting. It's like everyone has an animal familiar, a demon. And when you're young, it can transform from like, you know, fox to fish to, bird to elk to whatever and then it 
sets, it chooses one thing as you get older. So the main character's Damon is like going from all this stuff back and forth, back and forth, which again is very taxed on special effects. Um, and it's going to have to keep doing that. They're going to have to find that money somewhere. But it is fun to watch. Like the effects are good and the effects are important because they are a big part of um, selling the world to the viewers. Cool. So I have one more world related fantasy question for you. Okay. If you had to pick like two or three other fantasy properties that you think like four fans of like would like for his dark materials, what, which, which handful would you give me? Okay. Uh, let's see if it's going to be something like a little yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Can't go wrong with that. Not the movie, the Hobbit, the book, the Hobbit, and then the Lord of the Rings movies. Watch those. Uh, Game of Thrones might be a little mature for if, if you're, if you're a materials fan. Other than that, the Witcher's. Well, I mean, bad. like going the other direction, like his Dark Materials is a little bit like I don't know Harry Potter. He just mentioned it. Oh, little... Harry Potter is totally like Harry Potter. Yeah, we'll go with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, two um, towering classics. Which that's not a bad, even if you know you're not quite hitting all your marks in some of the areas. Like being a Harry Potter Game of Thrones mashup is not a bad place to be as a TV show. Oh, no. I mean, there's a reason they chose to make this now after Game of Thrones was a giant thing. I, I don't think that was an accident at all. Um, I, I, I do wish it were hitting a little harder, but we'll see what happens for the rest of the second season. Wasn't there also a bad, and I didn't see it, so this is just uh-huh. my understanding, but like a bad His Dark Materials movie that came out? Yeah, that one came out in the wake of Lord of the Rings fever back in the day Ooh. after those movies. So... This series is always like playing second fiddle a bit. It's always like, that was a hit. Now what do we do? Now what fantasy crap do we adapt? Um, yeah, the, the movie was pretty uh, not beloved. And the TV show is upping the game by becoming decent. Better than that. <laughs> yes, better than that. So in like 10 years, we'll have another big hit uh-huh. show. And then after they'll finally get it exactly right. Again. Yeah. That's going to be the show. Precisely. Uh, Great. But in the meantime, we can watch it on Monday nights on HBO. That is mm-hmm. wonderful. Thank you, Dan. Or if you're me. in Britain, I believe um, it's airing like a week before. So they're now on episode three they're going to go into. I vaguely remember that from the first season. It was like a week ahead and a day ahead, maybe. Or maybe it was yeah. just a day ahead. And it was, I was like, this is. It was a whole week ahead. I'm like, I'm on BBC, whatever. I'm not sure which channel it's on. So lucky you if you're listening yeah. to this in the UK. Shout out to you, UK viewers. Um, All right. Thank you so much for joining us and for pitching us on His Dark Materials. We're going to take a quick ad break, and then Mia is going to talk to us about The Princess Switch 2. All right, Mia. I will admit I watched The Princess Switch because, try as I might, I do watch, like, most Netflix Christmas movies, and then it had, like, the 30-second connection to Chicago, so I was like, obviously, I have to watch this. What's going on with the sequel? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the sequel is just as fun as the last one. And this is kind of like my first or second year getting into Netflix movies as well, or Christmas movies. Um, Definitely not something that I've been into before. But so this one, um, we return to Vanessa Hutchins as both... um, Stacy from Chicago and Duchess Margaret from the fictional country of Belgravia. And all of a sudden, um, Margaret has to assume the throne. And that was kind of a big plot point back in um, the first movie where it's like she didn't want to assume the throne, but now she's kind of forced to. 
Um, so it's like you deal with that on top of she and Kevin are going through relationship problems. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) On top of that, even um, Stacy, the American, and her prince are having relationship problems. Oh, no. And on top of that, there is another lookalike cousin slash family member who comes into play. Uh, and you just get a whole lot of Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> in this sequel. Yeah, this is like verging on Vanessa Hudgens being like a one woman show or a one woman play where it's like, by, by the time you get to, like, The Princess Switch 3 or 4, it's just going to be all Vanessa Hudgens, like, playing. And yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, now that I'm saying it, would not be a bad, like, quarantine lockdown shooting plan. Like, just write the script as all her. <laughs> exactly. It's one of the safest plans out there. Just go full on, what is that, um, nutty for, for professor style, like with Eddie <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> oh, man, that, yeah, no one would ever, well... Some people would, but like, imagine drawing the pictures. Oh yeah, like the Netflix boardroom of like, all right, so for Princess Switch three, we're gonna do a Nutty Professor. Yeah, um, I will. Oh my goodness, love to see that. I also want the movie to at some point address like the genes in this family that keep, uh, you know, creating cousins and are they sisters or twins in the first one? They are not even remotely like oh. first left cousins. <laughs> they are a couple cousins removed. So it's like some some cousin of a grandfather of another grandfather, and then you know they are related. Um, and so it makes more sense with this new cousin who's coming in, who is more, I believe, supposed to be the royal duchess's first cousin. So that makes sense. But She's yeah. <laughs> The fact that they all look alike is extremely strange and you kind of just have to, you know, throw out all reason and belief to watch this movie and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's that kind of par for the course. Um, do we know, does Chicago get to be in it again? And by Chicago, I mean, um, a, you know, studio. You, lot that you know, <laughs> not really um they have an obsession with name dropping chicago for sure this might this (laughs) might take the cake in a number of name drops you know you're just a baker from chicago you don't know anything and and i'm like all right we get it you know she's from chicago and you know being a people from uh chicago love to say (laughs) oh i know (laughs) that was literally about to be my next sentence (laughs) i was like i'm from chicago and so you know it sounds about right um But yeah, even last in the last one, I did have my qualms about the city and and it was okay. I think I was a little concerned about seeing a hot dog stand downtown, which is so Manhattan and so not Chicago. So that's not in the sequel, I don't think. So I don't have to take off any points for that. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being really put off by her winter coat because it was supposed to be like near Christmas and she was in like some light. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Netflix Christmas in general, they love to, you know, it's kind of just like the it's time to look cute. It's not time to bundle up thing that, you know, Instagram influencers do. And I don't know how they pull it off in the wintertime, but, you know, you you, it's it's putting looking pretty over, you know, the warmth (laughs) of being in the winter. (laughs) so off topic by the way (laughs) anyways (laughs) um my other favorite netflix christmas thing that they did with the first one is Mm -hmm. like further building out the like netflix christmas movie universe do we get any like do we know there any tie-ins to other 
I completely <laughs> forgot about that in this one. And then, because they had a very, in both the uh, first Princess Switch and as well as the one where we had watched last year where she meets oh, the yeah. knight, they both had that thing where they're watching TV and magically on TV, you know, Netflix is built in and they get to watch a Christmas movie. Yeah. And this one, there is actually a really huge huge payoff that I don't want to spoil and I, I like for someone who this is kind of low stakes stuff to me I like audibly gasped <laughs> last last night watching it and I was like wow this is huge so uh, I don't want to spoil what happens you might kind of have an inkling of what might happen but it is pretty big so you gotta kind of keep your eye out on that wow I'm I never thought I was gonna say like I can't wait to watch this but apparently <laughs> between the Chicago references and this like big now i'm envisioning like the that like memeable avengers scene where they all come through the oh yeah and whatever except that except <laughs> it's uh various characters from various netflix christmas yeah. movies yes my lips are sealed um but <laughs> yeah what's interesting is her performance in this which it's like you know not you wouldn't go in as far to say vanessa hutchins should be nominated for an oscar or something like that. But I do think, I legitimately think she is owed credit for her ability to pull off an American who's basically, I'm sure like her, a, you know, sort of aristocratic duchess from a fictional European country. And then she comes in with this, I don't know if you would call it like East Ender sort of accent or, you know, kind of that it's, it's kind of like the crazy cousin who comes in uh, for this next episode and our next movie and I'm like wow she's kind of pulling this off and then you kind of have to think about on top of that of course there's going to be an extra person to throw into the switch so she's playing one character playing another character I think maybe on top of playing another character so it's like <laughs> wow you know this is this is like the inception of acting here <laughs> that is like a real a good point because I I want to also like like you're saying like applaud her for it's like a specific kind of performance in these Netflix movies or like Hallmark movies before them that's like you still have to act well you just have to mm -hmm. act well in a way that's also kind of bad because like you're yeah. not limited but like the script is the script and like the story is the story and so like you have like the same way we buy into like the silliness of, of it all like the actors do too but also like you said like they still have to convince convince you enough that like they're three different people or three different people playing each other or whatever it is otherwise mm -hmm. like I don't know the silliness of the whole conceit also doesn't work if it just yeah. seems like one character doing everything yeah um, what I was thinking I had a thought in my mind I was like I wish almost that this was an SNL sketch so I can kind of see her break character because it is it is a lot to uh to carry as far as that so and I'm just kind of a fan of, of breaking character anyway so that would have been funny to me um, and then yeah speaking kind of like to the script and yeah it's not the most profound script out there I there were several moments where I said out loud what the next line was going to be it was just <laughs> that predictable um, but the story does take a couple of interesting turns that you probably might see coming anyway but it's still, you know, enjoyable. The, all the characters are back um, for the exception of the daughter who I believe was replaced. Um, 
And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still a very fun cast and it looks like they had fun making it. So you kind of get that feeling while you're watching it. That's good. That's always one of my favorite things with, especially movies that are very fun for, right. It adds to my enjoyment when it seems like, like they're having fun. Like the one that yeah. came to mind always is like oceans 12, maybe one of like the second, the 12 or 13, one of the ones that was like uh-huh. deep into the run where it's like, these are just a bunch of actors who are friends with each other and want an excuse to like <laughs> yeah. go to Italy and like call it work. Yeah. yeah. Just it's like, that's the Adam Sandler model, basically. Yes. We've seen that, especially with his new Netflix originals. He's just like, I'm going to call up the gang and we're going to have some fun and make a little bit of money off of it, too. It's, it's, I mean, it must be nice because he, he just has a bunch of fun, does a bunch of silly things. Occasionally, we'll throw in an uncut gems and remind everyone, like, no, I can't act when I want yeah. to. And go back to Netflix and having fun. Yeah, go back to Hubie <laughs> Halloween which I'm glad I didn't um, have the time to express my opinions on that movie here because it was something. (laughs) But yeah, now we're into the Christmas season. It does feel a little weird to be watching. I like to start like the holiday season in December. So anything or anything prior to basically Thanksgiving is a little weird to me, but this almost makes you excited. And you're kind of like, when can I fast forward to Christmas? Like, I want, you know, to throw snowballs and drink hot chocolate and, you know, maybe fall in love with a prince. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Uh, Discover a distant uh, cousin that looks identically like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything is possible. In 2020, anything is possible. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, totally premature, but still out there on Netflix now. We've got The Princess Switch 2 switched again. Uh, Thank you, Mia, for joining me. Thank you, Dan, as well. And we will um, talk to everyone next week with recommendations to watch over Thanksgiving weekend.